0: Open our hearts and be, have a sense of expectation this morning. Pastor Michael, Pastor Michael Epton is going to come and share. And we just want to be ready to receive what God's placed in his heart. So Father, we just, we do, we open our hearts, we open our ears and our eyes. Lord God, we want to be fully attentive to your word and your spirit this morning. And we thank you for Pastor Michael, the blessing that he is to us and what you've placed in his heart. And Lord, in what you've prepared there, I pray in this moment you would prepare in us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, let's uh, encourage and thank Pastor Michael this morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all here. If you weren't, I'd be talking to myself. It's very simple, really. I said to everyone coming in the car, well, it's holiday time. I said, whether it's 6 or 66, it makes no difference. This morning, I want to just share with you for a moment or two And I'm starting off in the book of Acts, chapter 3, if you've got a Bible. It's always good to have a Bible. I know today we can be very clever and technological, and you can do it on your phone, not on mine you can't, uh, and all that kind of thing, which is okay, but it's cheating. It's definitely cheating, yes, yes. But anyway, Acts chapter 3, and I'm only reading just a few verses because I want to move on and get into the thrust of the thing. And the reality is that Peter and John went up to the temple at three o'clock every afternoon. I think that's a good idea. We'll change our service time to three in the afternoon. There we go. And uh, they went up to the time of prayer. And it was one of those occasions here in Acts 3 that we recognize that, that Peter and John were walking up there as usual. And there was a man who was a beggar by the gate. Now, he'd been there for years. I don't mean literally, literally for years. They brought him every day and put him there. But... The fact is, he was a beggar man. He couldn't walk. And this day, he looked at Peter and John, and he looked at them, and he was expecting money. And I like this here, and it says very simple. It said, then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth, stand up, walk. Walk. What was it that Peter did have? He said, I don't have money. Well, you we can join the rest of us in that. We don't have a lot of money. Silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, what did he have? A question for you. Because a question that you can ask yourself as well, what do I have? Well, it's very simple. The first thing is that Peter had faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he has faith. Now, he's been there. He's done this. He's been in a place where over the last three and a half years, he's seen the Lord Jesus Christ. He's walked with him. He's messed about. He's got it wrong. He failed him. All sorts of things happened with Peter. He was the guy that when Jesus was walking on the water and he saw him, he said, if it's you, bid me come to you. And Jesus said, well, come. And so he did. Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus and he was doing very well until he thought about the wind and the waves around him and then he began to sink and Jesus reached out picked him up and they walked back together Jesus didn't carry him he walked together back to the boat now that was Peter in a moment of triumph but in the garden of Gethsemane when they came to arrest Jesus and take him for judgment Peter was the one with the sword And he lashed out and he chopped off the high priest's servant's ear. Not a good start to the day. Jesus picked it up and put it back on. Because in the moment of difficulty, no matter what opposition, no matter how awful the enemy may seem, the Savior, his love, compassion and power is always the same. No matter who it is. And so Peter was that kind of guy He was impetuous. He did things on the spur of the moment. In fact, I'm looking forward to meeting him in heaven because I think we'll have a lot in common. He's always opening his mouth and putting his foot in it. But do you know, this man is the same man that when Jesus rose from the dead and the disciples had gone out fishing and so on, you know the story well. It's in the Bible, there for you to read. And then he came to that moment, you know, and he, it was then that Jesus challenged him. And Jesus forgave him. He had denied him. You remember in the judgment hall, and you remember how that he denied Jesus three times. And so Jesus challenged him three times. Do you love me more than these? The these we may suspect, maybe the fish, because they'd just caught 150 odd of them. It was a bonanza. But was Jesus really talking about that? In our world today, the question is very simple for you and for me. How much do we love him? More than these, whatever that might be. What we know, however, is this, that Jesus, in his power and majesty, moved and blessed and looked at Peter and said, feed my sheep. He challenged him and then he blessed him. He forgave him. So Peter had been a character of all this kind of difficulty. His life had been strange. He was a fisherman, in fact, and was very good at it to a degree but when he followed jesus his life changed everything became new he was in foreign territory he didn't know all about this he wasn't a great theologian i'm glad to tell you you don't have to be by the way this morning theologians are okay but they deal in theory we deal in fact and we can look at the bible we can read it and we can say oh well it means this it means that it means something else you can make it read what you like at the end of the day we have to rely on the Holy Spirit and here's the point Peter had that faith Hebrews 11 it says it in verse 1 faith is the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of what you can't see now that's a very complicated statement isn't it faith is the substance of what you hope for and the evidence of what you can't see Today, our scientists and so on around the world are shooting things into the heavens and they're looking for creation. They're looking for the beginning. They want to know how it all began. Well, we know how it began. And if you read on in Hebrews, it says, by faith, we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. And when we say faith is something that things hope for, it's important to understand this, that in our day-to-day living, No matter how trivial it may be or how serious it may be, we are at the moment selling our house. And that is a trial. It's a mountain. It's a problem because you're dealing with people and things and lawyers especially. I hope there's none here this morning, but God bless you. The fact is that, you know, it's one of those things. It's a thing of life. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about. We have to have faith. There's got to be something in our spirit that says, I know. I know. I believe. I can't see, but I believe. And in Hebrews, it goes through all right back to creation, right the way through Abraham and all the rest, and says they believed. They couldn't see it, and when they died, they still hadn't seen it, but they still had faith. They believed it was going to happen. When I was a little boy, and I was privileged to be in a place where I could obviously be in church every day if I wanted to, um, because the, the, the church, this not this building, but this fellowship was on our back garden in Margaret Avenue in Long Eaton in a shed. That's where it all got going. And later, of course, it was in Oxford Street, Copper Cogs, uh, you know, that cafe, which some of our people here frequent quite often. But I must say to you, there are other coffee houses available. All right. But Copper Cogs, and why I say that to you is this. When you're walking in town next time, Have a look at it. It's on the corner of Oxford Street. That was the Elim Church. From the tin shed into there. It seated 200 people. And that was a time of ministry and blessing and power. And I have photographs on my phone to show the opening of it and how it all happened and people in there. It was a place where people got healed and miracles took place. And I've told people before, one teenager, 16 years old, Uh, One leg was shorter than the other by an inch and a half and she was prayed for by my father and she was instantly healed. And she walked home with two shoes in her hands because the other one was made up and she couldn't walk. But that was normal. It was by faith. When I was in India, I was privileged to be preaching there and there was people coming out for healing. A little girl, 12 years old, totally and absolutely yellow all the way through. Terrible jaundice situation. all distended and so on and they brought her and I prayed for her and of course I had translators and I laid my hands on her and she was instantly healed she went away and brought her mum the next night who was also very very poorly and she was instantly healed how did that happen? because I'd got the same thing that Peter had got I had faith they didn't, they didn't even know who Jesus was how could they believe in something they didn't even know about but you see God uses people. He's got a way of doing that. When I was preaching in Nigeria once, uh, there was about 140 people up for prayer, which was okay. You know, you you do that. Uh, But I started, as being an Englishman, of course, I started in an ordered way, right at that end there, and I was praying. And the pastor came up to me, and he whispered in my ear, have you got a handkerchief? And I thought, oh, somebody needs a handkerchief. Well, in those days, I used to carry a spare one in my pocket anyway. So I, I gave him my handkerchief, he opened it up and he walked down the line with moving that handkerchief on the forehead of everybody on that line. And they were going down in the spirit. They were being healed and so on. I thought, that's a good idea. Being English, of course, naturally, I, I do things orderly and all that. I mean, everything in order. But you see, God uses things. How did that happen? I'll tell you. It wasn't to do with my faith. It was to do with the man's faith who was holding it. As he did it, he Do you know, I've seen God do such wonderful things over the years, across the world. He's the same God who was in India, in the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, in America when we were over there, one and myself, wherever we've been. He's the same God, always the same, never changing, never altering, just needs two things from you this morning, to have faith. In other words, to trust him. In Hebrews, again, you'll read, it says there that Sarah, Abraham's wife, when she was beyond childbearing, she bore children. And the reason was because she trusted the one who'd made the promise. God made the promise, and she trusted him. That is faith. You couldn't see it happening. She couldn't see it happening. She thought it was a joke, but it happened. So Peter, then this man, standing there reaching out, And he reached out his hand to the man and having said walk, he lifted him up. And I'm going to say something else. Faith without works is dead. Do you understand that? You can have all the faith you like, but unless you're prepared to let it become an action, it doesn't avail anything. There were people in the Bible who came and they were blessed and people would say, well, bless you, bless you, we'll we'll pray for you. But the Bible says, don't just pray for them. If they need something, give them something. Because it's in those moments where God begins to move by his power. This morning in the Holy Spirit, he is here this morning in absolute authority. So Peter had faith, but he also had that other element, which every one of you here this morning can have as well, and that was power. The power of the Holy Spirit. It came upon him in Acts 2. When they were all together in that upper room and they were waiting and praising God. They didn't know what they were waiting for, but they were praising God anyway. And then it says the fire fell. My experience was when I was eight years old in that tin shed. And it wasn't a fire, but I did begin to speak with other tongues. And God did move by his power in me. I didn't understand all about the Bible theology about it. All I knew was two simple truths. Jesus loved me. And Jesus sent his Holy Spirit and he had filled me. End of story. From that day to this, it's the same power that works in me as works in anyone out there and every one of you here. You, like Peter, can be a person who walks up to somebody and says in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up, walk, healed, healed by the power of God. Peter had that beautiful ability And it wasn't because he was perfect, because I've already illustrated to you, he was far from perfect. He was a man of many faults. But you know, later on in Scripture, you see the story there, and it says that people would actually bring their sick out onto the street to lay them on the pavement so that Peter's shadow would cross over them. They would be healed. Now that is power. The power of the Holy Spirit today... Working in this church, working in your lives, will transform everything. And it comes by the Holy Spirit. It's not not me, I'm, I'm nobody. But it does come by the power of his Spirit. And here's the point, if you love Jesus and you want to walk with him, then you need to have those two elements within your life, where you trust him, you believe in him, you have faith. That you don't understand it, you can't always see it, but you still believe it's going to be there. And when you've done that and when you realize that, you will know the power coming in and you feel the power flooding through you. At the end of the day, we are like drain pipes, if I may put it that way. For the power just flows through you. It isn't something made within you and you can't stir it up in that way. Some people try to sometimes. But it's something that just flows through you. His power, his presence flowing through you. And of course, like all drain pipes, they get blocked from time to time. Well, all you need to do is go and spend a few moments by yourself in a corner and give yourself a good talking to. Very simply, where's my focus? What am I trusting in? Do I love him and the way I I should be loving him? And the Holy Spirit will soon come into you and begin to show you Anything that's blocking that situation. And it will go. Because he is the God who moves the mountains. And you know, there are people who say, of course, seeing is believing. Well, not in the case. You remember Thomas? When Jesus rose from the dead and Thomas came into the room and he said, unless I see him, I'm not going to believe that he's alive. And Jesus appeared. That shook him. But it even shook him more when Jesus said, here's the wounds, put your hands in. And and Thomas believed, and he said, well done, Thomas, didn't you do well? Better that you'd believed before you saw me. And I am challenging everyone here this morning. If you're waiting for God to show you something, don't bother. Trust him. Like Peter that day stood with that man and said, I don't have any money, but what I have I give you. And that was in the name of Jesus. He gave him a flow of the power that flows through Peter into that man's body. And as he reached out and touched him, his whole body received strength. And he went running and jumping. And Peter must have been a bit embarrassed, but he was really making a thing of it. And he wouldn't let go of Peter and John. He was hanging on to them, it says. And the people gathered around and said, oh, this is the man who was begging for years. Now he is no longer begging. Then they realized this was something more. It was the very power of an almighty God. When I was in India once I was preaching and I was saying to the people you know I've been in your temples which I had um, some people don't like doing that but I do because I'm nosy and I went in to see what was going on and the, the, they've got all these images I won't go into the names of all of them because there's hundreds of them and bless them they have very serious belief in this this image I went behind it and it was held up by a piece of wood that looked pretty rotten and I thought any minute now that's going to fall over but this was the God they were looking at this was where they were praying this is where their faith was based and I looked and I'd say to them the God I serve and the Jesus I love is all powerful he is the creator God and he can do what none of those things in that temple can do people today need to know that we live in a world that is always negative let's face it they don't believe this they don't believe that and there are people out there really struggling with day-to-day stuff what I want you to believe today is you have the same ability as Peter on that day with John and you can say silver and gold I don't have I've got nothing to show nothing to give you but what I do have in the name of Jesus Stand up and walk. And in the name of Jesus, everything that you do tomorrow morning when you get up. Remember, Ephesians 6, put on your armor. That's a message in itself. I haven't got time this morning. But you will find that if you put on your armor, your helmet of salvation that covers your head, it covers your mind, it it protects you. And that's the helmet of blood. And then your breastplate of righteousness and your shield of faith and the word shield in that is as big as a door. It's not, not one of those ceremonial ones, little round ones. It's a big thing. It used to use in war and it would hold them and protect them from all the fight, the, the enemy's darts and so on. Now, the, put your armor on. Start your day. I say, Jesus, I know you, my Savior, my Lord. I thank you for the blood. The belt of truth. Wrap yourself in the truth, not, not fabrication, not fiction, but truth. What I have said to you today is truth. Take hold of that. Let it be what you are. It will hold you close. You'll find it holds you tight. And it means that when you walk around in the course of the day tomorrow, whatever comes your way, you will be ready and equipped and you'll be able to say, even to the enemy, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, go, I'm having none of it. But it's faith, remember, faith you can't see but you believe always remember that that power of the holy spirit that came on the day of pentecost is the same power today and he wants to move in your life he wants to move in everyone here today and it may be as our brother came and said there's people here who may need healing they may need all sorts of things you may need various things the God I'm talking about, the Jesus I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit I'm talking about, is so real and so here today that if you will trust Him and you'll believe Him and you will operate in faith, He can touch your life. Whatever it is that's causing the problem physical, emotional, spiritual matters not, He can do it. By faith, He will touch your life. The Holy Spirit will come. He doesn't need invitation. I get agitated when I hear people say, let's invite the Holy Spirit here. And I think, let's not. Why do I say that? Because the Holy Spirit was here before you were, for a start. And number two, if you love the Lord Jesus with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, the Holy Spirit's in you anyway. And when you come in here, we just come to open ourselves up to praise and worship and let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And I believe in this church, we should get closer and closer to that moment. And there's been times in my life as a pastor when I didn't get to preach. Now, you might think that wasn't a bad thing. I I might agree with you. But the fact still remains, I didn't. And the reason I didn't was because the Lord, Holy Spirit, took over the service in every sense of the word. The musicians would start to play, and they would have 30 minutes if they went to 40 minutes, I said, I will preach for 40 minutes. If you go to 40, I'll do 40 minutes. And that soon chopped it down to 30, you know, straight away. But the fact is, you see, that what I was simply saying was, we need to make room for God. And I would be in services like that. Bonnie was there and can witness it. The Holy Spirit came and he just filled the place. Everybody would be standing and we'd be worshipping. We had high praise, as we would call it. Hands raised, people singing in tongues, and there would be messages. And suddenly the musicians would stop. Nobody would tell them, they'd just stop. And someone would give a prophecy, a word of knowledge would come. Why? How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. People's lives would change. People would come, and we would have them come forward when we had communion. I have stopped preaching more or less anyway. You're all right. And we would come, they would come to the communion table, which in our church in Edinburgh was the size of the Ark of the Covenant, exactly the same shape. It was designed deliberately that way. I didn't do it. It was already there. But the fact is, we would have them come. And they, they would come by, to, and I would say to them, before you come for communion, you must make sure you're right with God. If you don't know Jesus' as Savior, then come and talk. And I have my elders and their wives, and Yvonne and myself, come and talk to one, another, one of us, and we'll help you. I would say if you're sick, don't we have to go to the table sick, come and let us pray with you. If you've had a bad week and it's all gone wrong, don't go to the table and take communion in that way. Let us pray with you. And so we did. And we had a lady come once, crippled, arthritis, hands, knees, terrible, been like it for years. And she'd heard what God was doing in our church in Edinburgh. She came from the borders of Scotland, quite a long way away. She came up and she came out for prayer. She happened to come to Ivana myself, but the same would have happened if they'd gone to anybody else. She was instantly healed. She got both of her sticks, ran up on the platform behind us, because it was a big building, and shouted at the top of her voice, I'm healed. And the whole church, well, obviously, erupted in wonder and praise. The evidence was there. How did that happen? Well, it was simply the fact it was the evidence of things that we'd hoped for. It was what we had and couldn't see, but it was there. And God did that again and again and again. I'm giving you history of reality. This isn't out of a book. It isn't out of cassette. It isn't off the TV. This is what we have lived for the last 70 years. Where I am saying to this day, is take hold of God, believe him, trust the Lord Jesus as your saviour, but also believe in the Holy Spirit who will fill your life and give you that wonderful sense that through God you can do everything. That's not a vain scripture, it's a reality. So this morning, I trust that you will at least go away with the idea that we can and do see great things in Jesus' name. Peter reached out, took the man by the hand, and he walked. That took faith and power, and you can have both. Do you love Jesus as your Savior? Then you already have faith. Now you want to know about the power, it's very simple. You just open yourself, remember that drain pipe, Okay. Nobody's asking you to change your nature. Did Peter ever change? Not really. He still got it wrong. He was on a rooftop one day. I have, I have finished preaching. I'm just talking now. Um, and he was on the rooftop one day. And, he, and he'd, uh, he'd been saying to God, well, you know, I'm doubtful about dealing with all these, you know, the Gentile people, these other people. And God sent him a vision of a, a big blanket and it's got all sorts of creepy crawlers on it, and pigs and all sorts. And he said, I can't eat those. And God said, don't you dare tell me that you can't eat something. Whatever I have made is good enough for you to eat. And that was where it began. He went down the stairs and there were two men waiting for him. And they were from a Gentile, from a centurion. And they'd come to take Peter to their master because there was somebody sick. He couldn't refuse. He just had this vision from God. You see, with God, all things are possible. So my dear friends this morning, I pray God will bless you, and the Holy Spirit will touch your lives, and if you're in any doubt about how that's going to work, then just put yourself where he can do it. We're going to close this service now, and uh, the musicians are going to come back, and they're going to do their thing, and it won't stop you getting your coffee. Uh, It's only 25 to 12, In my church days, we'd be about halfway through the service. But anyway, that's good. But I am saying to you this morning, listen, if you need the touch of God in your life, then just stand, whereas well, you're standing when you come to sing. I'm sure you'll I love you standing to sing because you can't sing sitting down, can you really? But you come forward. Andrew will pray with you. Pastor Andrew is as much anointed man of God as I am or anybody else around here. You just come forward. We will pray with you. And we'll just touch you. We won't go into, expect you to go into a long saga about how things are in your world. The Holy Spirit will reveal that and he will bring truth. But he'll also bring healing. He'll bring power. He'll bring majesty. And he'll make you a different person than when you walked through that door this morning. Lifted higher because you feel the presence of the living Christ in your heart and in your life. So may the Lord bless you. I'm going to pray. And let these men do what they do. And then we will see where we go from there. Sovereign Lord, we thank you this morning that we're able to come in Jesus' name. We're grateful for your power. Your love for us. You love us so much. And the way that you would, that we would just trust you. That we would have faith in you. And believe your word. And that we should be able on a day-to-day, hour-by-hour basis, to know that you are God. Holy Spirit, come and touch in the way that only you can. You're here this morning. I'm not inviting you. I'm asking you to come into people's lives or touch their bodies or whatever this morning according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.